Welcome back. Here we go. Now I think. All right. There we now go. Now I think. There we go. It. All right. First time. As, 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 you know, first time for everything. We'll start over as if the last six minutes of us talking hadn't been happening. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky here on uh, what I think now actually is Facebook Live and YouTube and, of course, Periscope and Twitter following the Lakers' uh, 100-93 loss to Portland. Um, we'll call this uh, the Game One episode of the Land of Lakers blog, our uh, Land of Lakers podcast as well. No, no such thing as the blog anymore. Um, this was Andy, uh, as the Lakers talked about after the game. Frank Vogel, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I believe the moral of the story tonight was we had a lot of open looks, we just couldn't hit them. This yeah. was like another dreadful offensive performance, by the way. I mean, unlike us with the beginning of this show, the Lakers actually executed over the course of this game. They, they got themselves open looks. I mean, they've really- also had, but in fairness, they've also had more practice at trying to do this and actually succeeding at the end. No, 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 no. no. Our I, first time. No, I, our I, first I, try with this. I'm not saying that the Lakers have the same amount of excuses as us. I'm just saying, unlike us, they actually did execute. Like, I think from start to finish, they actually executed their game plan. I guess and that's true. Yeah, you're right. What's unsettling about this, um, I think, for the Lakers and for Laker fans is ever since the regular season games uh, restarted in the bubble, the Lakers' offense has been pretty dreadful for the most part. And you've heard guys talk about how the issue isn't them not being able to get looks that they want. They, they can't hit them. They can't knock down shots, but they're getting the shots that they want. And sometimes you hear that after bad games and it feels cliche or guys like not wanting to admit that they're having issues. The truth is the Lakers are getting the shots that they want. They are actually executing their offense. They just can't make anything. I mean, like, frankly, they're, they're starting to struggle more at the rim, much less from outside. Shows. Well, I mean, look, the, the, their percentages inside the restricted area tonight were, you know, they missed some shots that you, you would think they would normally make and whatever, but they were fine. I mean, m- most of their production came from inside the restricted area. LeBron James made one shot outside of the restricted area. Like they just, I, you know, you can turn a guy like Hassan Whiteside into a really good defender if you can't make an outside shot. And I think the scary thing for a lot of Lakers fans is, oh, Jamarcus, uh, Jamarcus McSweeney's telling a callback joke from earlier in the day when I didn't realize. People may not realize, Andy, I was trying to test this feed earlier in the day, and I didn't. <laughs> yes. It was the equivalent of butt dialing everyone on our social media feeds. Like, I'm trying to get this thing set up. Actually, and I put out, apparently put out two live broadcasts. You did. Thank God I was wearing pants. You did. Um, I actually yeah. thought, when I, when I saw those, I actually thought it was on purpose. Oh, you God, no. It was not. You know what at all? Well, I wasn't sure because I didn't click on them. Um, but you know what I... Uh, they were it, riveting. It was 60 seconds of me staring at my computer in darkness well, you know, doing you know nothing. You know what it was? If, if you want to keep this uh, Laker-centric, it was the equivalent of when Kobe joined Twitter. And remember, his first tweet was just, can you hear me now? And he right. didn't understand how to use the app or quite what he was doing. It was also when he had the greatest avatar ever. 
it was that uh, the bird with the right the bird being strangled by the snake. Yeah. Yes, that was maybe the greatest Avatar in the history of Avatar. And so you know, but like if you if you look at what they were doing, um, you know, it was just like the, the, you can turn guys into good. Like they they just you know LeBron, the great LeBron teams are built around LeBron and shooters, and this team doesn't clearly doesn't have it. They were the 19th best three point shooting team before they got in the bubble and by far the worst inside of it. There's no question, but the whole thing, and this is, you know, we, we had a little sort of, I got a little debate, whatever you want to call it in the, in the days leading up to this about the kind of the wiggle room that the Lakers have They're I still, you know, they're constructed to me around Anthony Davis elevating in the playoffs, LeBron James elevating in the playoffs, and then, you know, one or two other guys being good enough uh, to contribute. And tonight, you know, you look at Davis's line, 28 and 11, two steals, two blocks, and you say, oh, that's not, that's not terrible. 28 points, 11 rebounds, that's, that's pretty good. Except it took 24 shots for him to get there. And he was really part of the problem with the Lakers early on in their defensive problem. They, they came out of the gate so slow, and they were, they were really thoroughly outworked by Portland. And I think Davis was part of that. It really took LeBron chasing guys all over the floor, I think, to pick up the energy for the Lakers. This was not an elevated that, that Anthony Davis so performance. Yeah, I, Caruso I, thought the Caruso, I thought the Caruso dunk, it's that play they've run a zillion times where Caruso out of a timeout ends up running that curl and ends up with a straight ahead line right to the rim, throws down that dunk, and that created some energy as well. Right. But they so, really needed it. That's when they started yeah, really sure. getting back into the game. You know, I mean, I'm going to give LeBron credit. I mean, you know, the 23 points, some people might look at that and go, eh, and, you know, one of five from three-point range, he missed a, you know, a couple critical free throws down the stretch. But, I mean, he was, it was an imperfect game, but overall, you're talking about a guy who put up 23, 17, and 16, the first time in NBA history that that's been done in a playoff game. So, I mean, I'm going to give, I'm going to give LeBron a pass here for going out and elevating in the way – that um, uh, in a way that that the Lakers need. I thought Kuz, you know, the, the final numbers for Kuzma, 14 points, 5 of 14 from the floor, don't look great. I thought he played a pretty good game. He was confident, um, if nothing else. And he talked, about after, he talked about after the game how in the beginning he felt those playoff jitters because he's never been in there before. But then he started settling down. And you could see that he was pretty confident attacking. He was pretty confident putting up shots. I mean, even the one that hit the side of the backboard. Right. You know, he, he, he was still doing it. He, he was not shying away on a night where pretty much everybody was struggling to get the ball to go down. So that, if nothing else, is a good sign. Um, I also thought that Caruso and Markeith Morris played better than their lines. I, I thought both of them actually had really nice games. Even though yeah. you look at the stat line, it wouldn't necessarily jump out. Well, I mean, Caruso's biggest problem was, like, if he's going to play as much as he's playing now, he needs to, he needs to make more than one field goal. Like yes, they, he does. They need more. For, this is where the loss of Avery Bradley hurts, not so much because Avery Bradley's awesome or Rondo is awesome. It's that it's just – it's more options. KCP was atrocious tonight. Um, you know, a couple decent yeah. defensive plays do not make up for 0 of 9 from the floor. Danny Green was not particularly good, particularly early. Uh, you know, AC, one of six from the floor. That's six of 27 from those three guys. You throw in Kuzma. Now you're talking 11 of 41. Uh, that's not – I mean, you can do a lot of other good things 
but that's not enough. Like if, if you, they need more from those guys because there aren't other alternatives. No, ta- tangible results are, are necessary when you're in the playoffs. You, you, you can get by on guys, you know, doing the proverbial little things, you know, over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. And the little things still matter in the playoffs. But once you're in the playoffs, the actual tangible – Yes. The, the, There's the a that certain can, amount of production. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's necessary. And you, you look at what's going on right now with the Lakers. And by the way, too, we should know because uh, we are planning to repurpose this as a Land of Lakers podcast. I'm glad you mentioned it. I was about to segue into that because while the shooting, Andy, tonight was atrocious and disgusting, you know what isn't disgusting? Delicious pizza. That's right. Two locations, West Adams, also Hollywood. Uh, if you say the password, Cam Brothers, when you go in to get your food, whether ordering it online or ordering it right when you get there for carryout, 20% off. It's great pizza. It's great food. You're supporting not just a local business, but the local business owned by a guy who is a massive Laker fan. Extraordinarily pissed so right I, now. He's well, not yeah, having a I, I, can, I can promise you we're going to be getting emails from him. This is very similar, by the way. Uh, and we're not doing this to name drop. It's just funny because we've had this. Uh, ben Harper, the, the great musician um, we've had on our old show on ESPN a bunch of times. He's an awesome guy. He can, he's like one of those guys like Prince who, you know, who can play like every instrument known to man. And he is a huge Laker fan. And I remember during the D'Antoni era at like one in the morning getting this long text chain from Ben Harper of him just freaking out about all these losses and what the hell is going on and what, and then seven texts in, it's Ben, by the way. Right. I think it's, that's going to start becoming our relationship with uh, Mike Ross from Delicious Yeah, Pizza. no, I fully expected some sort of text. We, we became Ben on. Harper's therapist. Uh, Mr. The Roberto Jones asks us, is this a Q&A? Sure, if you make yeah. start asking questions. Sure, why not? Uh, we'll try to answer as many as we can. Like, I, this, again, it's sort of our first uh time on this and i i don't exactly know how to uh toggle around well enough to get to right. uh questions but we'll what do, I, what we're I, doing the best we can right but what i, I was, what oh, I was go going ahead, to say though, really quick before uh we brought up delicious is the the offense that's going on right now has been a continuation of everything happening in the bubble brian and we're reaching a point where frank vogel I think has to be thinking about either a starting lineup change or at minimum something different with the rotation that I don't even want to say can execute the offense better because executing the offense isn't the problem. Finish, 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 convert, make the shots that they're getting and are going to continue to get. Right. I, I, and I don't know if, you know, I was a little bit surprised to, to see Dion Waiters get a DNP CD. I was not surprised J.R. Smith didn't play I think at all. He technically played a minute. Didn't right, Dion play a minute? More or less. I did, maybe. I, I might have stopped watching at that point carefully. I, I had to go walk the dog. But um, <laughs> just – and that's not a euphemism. He didn't play much. I think it's really fair had to, to say go he didn't play much. Dog. No, he really got, – you got a dog, you got to walk it. Otherwise, right. Andy, otherwise, they pee indoors, and that's not exactly. good for anyone. But I, I think Frank Vogel has to be – he has to be considering this, and this was something that he even acknowledged in the bubble that he was open towards. And if you're going to be making a move, I think you need to be making it pretty early, you know, so you're not all of a sudden tinkering when you're further behind the eight ball, or even if you've even things up, but you're just struggling to eke out wins. 
Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Like, you know, they, Dwight had a weird game. Uh, you know, he was ultra physical uh, early, which is what he's been throughout the bubble. Um, we'll get to some of these questions. I've written a few of them down. Get some good questions coming in the Periscope about uh, whether or not, you know, Dion's going to play a little bit more, what you do with JaVale McGee, what you do with Anthony Davis, uh, and, you know, maybe going small, playing a little more five. And, you know, I, you know, Dwight, I thought, was part of the rhythm problem early. He didn't, you know, he didn't ever adjust it, at least how the game was being called for him. Um, and I respect, like, the, the physicality that he's trying to bring and deliver to, a, you know, not a, not a good defensive Portland front line. But that took the Lakers out of the rhythm. JaVale wasn't particularly good. Um, they didn't – I thought JaVale right, – I thought he had a good – I thought he had a decent first half. It was second half, he was invisible. Right. And it was it – was, you know, so they didn't get much impact from those guys in the front court. And then you go small with Anthony Davis, and that should be a lineup that gets them a lot, but you then have to start looking at some of the other players around it. You know, the question about Deion Waiters is an interesting one. Like, whose minutes does he take? You know, certainly you could see a little less KCP. If Danny Green doesn't pick it up, you could see a little less. The problem is Green – Running out of dudes at that point. Right. Green is all is is just a much better team defender. And, you know, as – Danny Green's like, not leaving like, the rotation. He's no, not. I'm not talking about leaving the rotation. I'm just saying if you add Deion Waiters, whose minutes does he start to take? KCP, um, I think, is a great candidate because he has this isn't a one game thing for KCP. He's not played well in the bubble. Um, but you're right. They don't have tons of options. It's not like you look at it and say, why isn't that guy on the floor? You're playing, you know. So I, I, go, I go back to my original point. This team is built around LeBron being better in the playoffs and Anthony Davis being better in the playoffs and everybody else orbiting around that. Tonight they didn't get it, and you look at what they did to the Blazers. Um, and you know, if you're a Lakers fan, you look at it and you say they shot 35 percent and 15 and a half percent from three. They missed 11 of their 31 free throws, and they were basically, you know, had a chance to win this game with two minutes left. Yeah. If you're a Blazers fan, you say, "Look, man, we played a good defensive game. We played, you know, by our standards as a as a as a an offensive team very poorly." 39% from the, from the field, which was lower for most of the game. Three-point percentage only rose at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, there's a lot for both teams to take away from this without freaking out. But, you know, it's going to be a grind for the Lakers. This is not going to be a team that blows anybody out of any series, I don't think. Well, this is uh, what I tweeted out uh, at Cam Brothers for people who aren't aware of the handle in, in terms of something that I, I don't want to overreact to one loss. But what is, I think, a little bit unsettling um, is the idea that this is an extreme version, like the outside shooting right. issues, for example, is an extreme version of something that's been a real issue for the Lakers all year. And, you know, in order to be, you know, the championship team that the Lakers aspire to be, and, and we've all seen them as all year, they need to get themselves up to, at minimum, an average three-point shooting team, if not slightly above that. And the way they've been playing right now, that feels that feels, it feels ambitious. Like, it feels right. very ambitious. But, but more than that, though, that feels more ambitious or more unlikely than being able to keep Damian Lillard to a 
relatively contained 34 points by and large. Technically speaking, it, lower than his average inside yeah. the bubble, Andy. Well, but also lower than his against average against the Lakers. Lakers this year. Yeah. I mean, they put a lid on him. <laughs> honestly, no. But you know what? There was they, they, relative they did to fine. reasonable. They did fine. They did fine. They did a good job against Dame. They did a terrific job in all on CJ McCollum. He had five points in the first. Andy, half. if the Lakers shoot 22 percent from three point range they probably win the game going away. Oh, if they have a merely competent offense. No, no, no. Just, just, they could be just saying, but like a bad offense and they shoot 23% from three. Um, they win. It was interesting though. I, I thought, you know, the matchups we'll hear a lot about, um, you know, what, what they might try to do before Thursday. And we'll leave the, you know, a lot of the video breakdowns. I haven't a chance to go back and watch the game. It'll be replayed and all that. But, you know, to the guys who are really good at breaking down the tape. But it was very interesting for me to hear LeBron um, to hear Danny Green uh, specifically talk about how they really could have used the home crowd because the lack of home court advantage is something that I have thought would hurt other teams perhaps more than it would hurt the Lakers. Um, a veteran team that theoretically should be able to get up for the playoffs and all that kind of stuff without the boost of that rush of the home crowd or whatever it is. And Green was very explicit about it. Now, is that just a function of like, our energy isn't good because we're missing every shot for the first 12 minutes of the game. Or is it really like a thing like LeBron's talked about? It's a very different deal getting up for this. They have, they're, they have, they got to figure out how to play in the bubble. I, I took that as Danny green, uh, taking shots and throwing the virtual fans under the bus. Like he's, ba he's basically blaming Get loud. fans for not getting loud. Well, Andy, LA's virtual fans are well known for arriving late, and leaving early. <laughs> where where is virtual Jack Nicholson? All they all they do is just virtual. watch the virtual people going to the virtual. Uh, what's the name of that club back there? You know where all the the hot people I, go. I, it's not like that's that's all they're doing. They're just watching the people go hey, back where, and forth to the virtual, virtual club. Jack, where's virtual Diane Cannon? Where's virtual Flea? Virtual Denzel? Virtual Leo? Like where are all these virtual fans? I don't like know. we 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 need we need the big time virtual fans. Like, I mean, you got to recreate that Laker experience. It, but it is, it is interesting. Jackson Jr. I, I will say, of all the things that I have gotten wrong, uh, you know, over the course of, of, you know, the last few months, and I'm sure there are millions of them. <laughs> we could say our whole lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm wrong all the time. But, like, this, this one, the Lakers have had much more trouble adjusting and playing well in this context than I thought they would. And some of it maybe is because the eight games they played really weren't consequential. I mean, that probably didn't help them. Um, you know, when they, when the season stopped, they were ramping up to a place where they looked like they actually could take the number one seed away from the bucks. They were still holding off the Clippers. There was a lot to play for by the time they got back to the bubble, especially after that Clippers game, Andy, there wasn't, le there wasn't much left and they never really got into a rhythm and it was almost a flip the switch situation. We've seen how poorly that can go. I mean, look, this may be complete armchair psychiatry bullshit on my part, but just like probably throwing, throwing out possible ideas to try to explain this, because I, I also did not expect, I mean, I expected all teams to find the Laker, I mean, to find the bubble setup weird and something they'd need to get used to. And you and I spent a lot of time talking about before the thing even opened up that, you know, this was going to be mentally harder for all the players in there, including the Lakers, than I think a lot of fans you know, may have even recognized or given credit for. But the Lakers being such a veteran team was a reason that 
a lot of people, ourselves included, thought that they could be really well equipped to handle this right. setup bubble. But you also wonder if so much experience in the playoffs and so much time doing the same thing over and over and over in the postseason makes it maybe a little bit harder to adjust to. Yeah, like they're creatures of habit. Like it's I, I, this I never is, but this is this is the I, I didn't I, clearly I didn't think about it. Um, you know, it's it's one of these deals where experience is always talked about as a positive. It's always talked about as the thing that you must have. And generally speaking, there's a lot of good stuff that comes with playoff experience, but there are ne- some people have negative playoff experiences. You know, there are guys who, you know, are constantly have it harped. You know, Clayton Kershaw, you know, for the Dodgers, has it constantly beaten into his head how terrible he is in the postseason. His experience doesn't necessarily help him. And so you're right. Like this, this context that you're talking about, if you have a bunch of guys who are used to it being one way and preparing in one way and don't know another way, the experience might serve. I I hadn't thought about that. The experience could serve them negatively or at the Uh, very least be more of an obstacle to overcome. I want to hit a couple things that I'm seeing on the Periscope. And by the way, to people in the Periscope, A, thank you for joining us. B, the reason I'm not personally responding is I'm having issues logging in and I don't want to waste time or get, you know, off course doing this to try to correct it later. But a couple things that have come up uh, in the Q&A, in the, uh, the comments that we can just try to get into. Uh, one, what do you make of LeBron's game tonight? Because I'm seeing some dissatisfaction um, I, I, among, pe- yeah. among uh, the Periscopers Here's in the, the way that he played. I, 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 to some degree, understand what people are saying. It wasn't a dominant performance in certain ways. But – I, I, there are a lot of things that I liked about it. I thought his demeanor in the first half when the Lakers were playing very poorly and they were scrambling and the body language from a lot of players. LeBron was very collected, very yeah. determined, took control. They had that stretch, that 13-1 to run, where it started with a LeBron layup, I think it was, in, in transition. Then three straight LeBron dimes, two, uh, yeah. two three-pointers, and then a touchdown pass to Anthony Davis. Like, he controlled the game. Now, offensively, he is – I don't think he is capable of just driving through people, finishing, whatever, as in the his, ways that – His maybe, finishing has me a bit concerned. Right, and so, like, it's not quite as explosive, which is something you would expect. And he needs to make more than one shot outside the restricted area, particularly to open up, I think, those things inside. But look, on a night where the Lakers were really bad offensively, uh, where almost nobody had a decent percentage who took more than two shots. LeBron was 9 of 20 from the floor. He had 17 rebounds. He had 16 assists to go with 23 points. It is the first time in the history of the NBA that somebody has put up a line like that. I am not pinning this game. No, nor should you. And I'm not even coming close. Could he have been a little better? Did, you know, did he need to make his free throws at the end? Another three-pointer? Yes. This was not LeBron. LeBron no. played an excellent game. I, if LeBron plays like this all the time through the playoffs and other people show up, they can win some games. This was, for me, not a LeBron problem. No, I, although I've been concerned about the finishing well before tonight. Oh, right. But, I mean, I would but, have been but, concerned if he had won. Sure. Uh, I would have been concerned. If I mean, but I just – I don't see how this I, – I, I don't see how you can be too dissatisfied 
with what LeBron did here. Uh, not, next, when, not when you get 11 of 41 from Green, KCP, AC, AC, and Coos. Absolutely. No, Le- LeBron was not the problem tonight by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, next question that we had, um, Dion. Do you think Dion Waiter should be playing? I think you're going to see a little bit more than the like 37 seconds, whatever it was tonight. Um, they need to figure out a way to score. He's not a good defender. And the problem with Dion is, you know, you have the, the idea in your head of he'll come in instant offense, Vinny, the microwave Johnson, but every, like that, you know, he might come in and take five completely inefficient shots and then have to go sit back down. Like there is a risk to putting him back in. Oh, <laughs> there's been a risk to Dion's whole career. Yeah. I, I honestly think, and I just saw this question go through and I, I apologize. I missed the name. Uh, Rondo. How quickly do you think they try to get Rondo back on the floor? Quicker than I they think, had hoped for before the quicker, game. I completely agree with you. Um, like that, that becomes a thing. And I know Lakers fans don't like Rondo. Um, no, but the, how much do you think he helps though? Because it's getting open shots was not the issue tonight. They got open looks. I don't know. I, here's where I, this is the interesting thing with Rondo is all year we've seen that as much as he clearly can get guys good shots and he can get guys baskets because you can't get those assist numbers by definition without being able to do that. The offense isn't better with him on the court. But I think some of that has to do with the discrepancy between him running the offense versus LeBron running the offense. Right. It's just a different but deal. We're, I, but what we're seeing now is what happens if Rondo isn't there to do what even you might believe is a completely watered-down version, you know, a destitute man's version of Rondo from his prime versus Rondo not being there and it not automatically being LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, I think that may be some of what we're seeing. I don't know exactly how much he helps, like, in terms of, again, getting guys, you know, finding open shots hasn't been the problem, but – I yeah, think there's a confidence maybe, a lot of these guys get, have you get some, being on yeah. the floor. TX, TX Auto Insure uh, points out, like, there's a cohesiveness sometimes when Rondo's on the floor. Stuff like I mean, that. I guess. I mean, uh, it's just guys, those guys move. Out, I don't know. This is true, though. Uh, Rondo's not a threat to score. And not necessarily, although, to be perfectly honest, you know, there are stretches over the course of the season where particularly as a, as a catch-and-shoot guy, he was actually pretty good. Well, he is – well, I mean, he is left wide. Yes. Oh, open. absolutely. He is I mean, no he's, he's not going to be worse than 16%, which is what no. they shot tonight. He is not any more guarded from three than you or I would be. Um, uh, well, let's, let's, look, uh, let's look at game two. Uh, uh, really, well, oh, go ahead. Okay. Another one? Well, this leads into game two. This leads okay. into game two. If there was going to be, because I've seen this a lot on the Periscope, uh, a change in the starting lineup, what would you do? I think you start Kuzma. For KCP? Yeah. I can move, see that. Move Green to the two, put Kuzma at the three. I mean, a couple questions coming through. Why does Vogel refuse to start Kuzma? I think in part it's a question of, of you know, the rotation. You know, you want to have somebody coming in off the bench. you got to stagger everything differently uh, when Kuzma – Kuzma played 30 minutes tonight. Um, right. I also think it's by bringing him off the bench, you're allowing Kuzma to play defensively, especially in places he's more comfortable. Um, you know, Portland doesn't have a lot of wings that are that really should bother Kuz in that way, so there's probably a little bit more flexibility. 
you know, I, you can run around with Gary Trent. I think that's fine. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably the adjustment I would make. Just put more offense out on the floor. And yeah, I, KCP is just, it's not tonight. It's just been, it's, it's not been good for him for a while. And I, no. I, 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 I remember the other day when Frank Vogel was asked the question about how much of this is you guys consider to be about you versus how much of it is about matchups. And, you know, he said, it's, it's about us and how we play and how we shoot. And I, I think they let in, you know, guys, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum hit some huge shots down the stretch for Portland. There's no question. They got gigantic play from their guards, which is what you would expect. The Lakers were fine. They held a, a very good offensive team to hundred points. They cannot win with an offense this bad. It wasn't about defense. It was about, it really was about them. And if they put themselves in a position where they literally cannot afford any mistakes, any breakdowns, any turnovers, well, that's not going to work. You know, so, you know, I, I think, I suspect you'll see a little more waiters in the, in the, in the, in games. They took care of the ball tonight. They had nine turnovers. Yeah. I I suspect (laughs) you might see a little more coups and they might play around the center rotation a little bit and, and whatever, you know, they did, get, they did get Portland to play a lot of Nurkic and Whiteside together, which is something that Portland does not want to do. Um, so, like, there is an advantage to going large in that way. It puts Portland in an uncomfortable position. <laughs> but sure. some of this, you just can't shoot 15%, 15.5% from three. Well, it's funny, actually. Harris underscore 17 says, JR could hit outside shots better than Alex Crusoe. Not no. what we've seen in the bubble. And no. JR has not been a, an NBA player for two years. JR not without a time machine. J.R. Smith in the bubble is shooting. Um, it's low. It's if you very. Know the number in front of you. It's very low. He is shooting nine point one percent from three. Like that at this point with Jr. It's purely reputational. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so I think the, the biggest advantage, though, I think, to moving and pushing AD to the five and getting out of the center rotation is. In theory, it speeds the Lakers up. And if yeah. you saw, this was another night where when the Lakers were going downhill and LeBron was going downhill when AD could get out, they score. Um, they, they need to be moving with urgency. It's not, not talking about run and gun seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns. It's about pushing pace and yeah. playing at a pace uh, because they are, you know, I think it was, I think it was Michael Pina for uh, GQ wrote a great feature about yes. this that we, we really brought good. up on the podcast. Um, before the playoffs started, that they are better when they run uh, and when they when they move deliberately or when they move deliberately, get stuck in a half court, they just can't open up the floor effectively uh, to score points. So, um, all right, so a lot to look forward to for game two. This was not the series that anybody, uh, the beginning of the series that any Laker fan was looking for, but I will say it's going to be it will be the ebb and flow of these series are going to be much different, I think, than a typical seven game, two, two, one, one, one kind of setup because of that lack of home floor. And so, you know, it's not about, you know, stealing one on somebody's floor, coming back, like, you know, it, it, it's all neutral stuff. So that the Lakers aren't down in that regard. They could go out and steal game three. That's not like they went on the road and won. Um, so how these things play out will be really interesting. But if the Lakers come out as flat, in game two as they did in game one, there's no excuse for it. They that were actually, out, purely out-hustled in the first that, quarter. That actually, if nothing else, could be a good reason to start Kuzma because Kuzma, High energy. I was going to say, whether he plays well or whether he plays poorly, 
he rarely plays lethargic. No, I mean, look, it, I mean, KCP playing hard all the time. He's just no, not no, playing I, well. I, but you need something. Yeah. You need more effectiveness. Exactly. exactly. Um, all right. So my recipe, I, I had no problem with what LeBron did tonight overall. AD has got to be better. He just he Anthony Davis scored twenty eight points tonight. He had a bunch, you know, double double and all that. He can't be eight to twenty four from the floor. He can't miss uh, all five of his threes. He needs to be a you know. There were twenty points worse when he was on the floor. It was such a weird thing twenty points day. worse when he was on the floor. LeBron was a minus three tonight. AD was a minus twenty. Oh yeah, I no it, it, AD did not play well, but at the same time, and and I know this was front loaded and in a lot of ways first quarter front loaded. But his ability to get to the line 17 times indicates still an ability to be a problem from Port- for Portland. Of course. They don't, anybody, they, can't, they don't have anybody who can guard him. But, like, right. so, he, but this, he was not a good – and down the stretch, he needs to be a superstar. He was not oh, even I, close to that tonight. No doubt. So, I'm, I'm not trying to say he was playing deceptively well. I'm saying he was in a lot of ways playing weirdly bad. Yeah. This is one of those deals. Anthony Davis, you know, you got to put a call into? Pau Gasol. You are officially in that uh, how Pal plays, is he good or bad, is what the Lakers do because LeBron's over here doing the same way that Kobe was kind of over here doing his thing. And everybody's looking to see what the other guy is doing with less of a track record and less, uh, I don't know, built up. Uh, there's a word that I can't come up with. Cachet. Cachet, uh, gravitas. Play, I don't know. Uh, less in the bank than LeBron had, less in the bank that Kobe had. We all have less uh, in the bank than either one of those guys. That's true. Uh, So, uh, all right, game two coming up Thursday. Again, thanks to Delicious Pizza. You go to deliciouspizza.com. You call them up either location uh, on in Hollywood on Sunset or uh, in on West Adams. Tell them Cam Brothers as a password. Get twenty percent off some delicious pizza, delicious food. Uh, Support your local businesses, and uh, we will be back Thursday, right? Yeah, let's afford something. Yeah, you know what? Let's commit to it. We're going to be here Thursday. Thank Especially you, now that we did, we, we took so much time to figure out how this works. We might as well. Yeah. And seriously, thank you to everybody, uh, not just who've rejoined us on the Land of Lakers podcast, you know, just the, the typical podcast, but tonight, uh, it's awesome to see a lot of people back and we appreciate it. Spread the word, subscribe to all these channels and stuff, and we'll do the best we can to bring you guys some good content. We'll see everybody Thursday. Thanks. Mm-hmm.